Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. It's an emergency. We live F1. It's the first of two emergency drop-ins. We're going to have Stuffy and Chris and Matt Trumpets join us later on in the shed. But for now, it is Joe Saywood here to talk us through the stuff. Joe, I hope you weren't planning time off as a journalist because the uh, the FIA and Mercedes have ruined it for you. Well, I think Ferrari has something to do with it as well, but that's another issue. Um, yeah, as we speak, at this very moment, Toto Wolff is standing up in uh, in Brackley, telling everybody that Lewis Hamilton's off to Ferrari in 25. I believe. I don't have a, a cam inside Mercedes, but I'm told that's happening. And I presume that sometime later this afternoon, Ferrari will announce that Lewis is joining them. So there you go. Now, if you'd asked me this at nine o'clock this morning, I would have said no chance. Yep, same. Because that is what happens with the Ferrari Lewis Hamilton rumours. And I think even in the middle of the morning, I replied to somebody who asked me about it. Did I think there was anything to it? And I just said no, because I hadn't heard anything. And admittedly, I hadn't looked uh, very much. But there was something about this. A friend of mine rang me up, somebody in Formula One, and said, have you seen all these rumours? And I thought, hey, now this is unusual. So I then had a look around, and then I had a phone call or two, just to make sure. And I wasn't messing it up, and I found out it's all true. And oh my um, so I wrote it, and I got abused by people of, for, yeah, me. for saying it Mostly you know, one me. hour before that it wasn't, and then saying it uh, wasn't, and yeah. then saying it was. But you know, I was convinced immediately that it was. And incidentally, it looks like there's a fabulous thing from Karun Chandok on the internet, on the Twitter feed, or X, or whatever you call it right now, which says, the power of Lewis Hamilton brand, Ferrari's share price jumped 6% today, on a market cap of $66 billion, that means it's $4 billion worth of extra value that Ferrari has this evening, or will have this evening, 
um, and maybe even more when they announce Lewis. So, I mean, it's only notional value, but nonetheless, it gives you an idea Lewis can move markets. And it, this has taken the world absolutely, like this, this has stunned everyone. So if Joe Sayward didn't know that this was about to happen, uh, they've done an amazing job at keeping it you know, close to their chest. Isn't that unprecedented, really, that you get those kind of... No, not at all, because this is exactly what happened when Lewis did it in 2013 with Mercedes. Nobody thought it was going to happen. He'd just stay at McLaren, da-da-da-da-da-da. And, and I think what's happened is that, that Fred Vasser, who incidentally, you could remember, Fred Vasser and Lewis Hamilton go back to Formula 3 days, um, and they're old mates, and they won two championships together. Uh, before Lewis came into Formula One, so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a complicated set of relationships because Fred Vasseur and Toto Wolff are supposed to be best mates. In fact, one was the other's best man. So I'm just wondering whether or not they'll be taking Shetty together in the future. That's it's just such a an unexpected move. So I know there's the law of of Ferrari, but all the talk was super positive uh, about Mercedes. Yeah, but if you offer a guy at 39 years of age, 10 million more than the other people or whatever it is. I'm just making that up. But if you offer him a par more money and he thinks, if you can convince him, that car wasn't too far off the Mercedes pace uh, last year. It was a quick enough car. It's not necessarily going to get anywhere near Red Bull. Um, But what you can do in 2025 um, is is to sort of move towards the new rules. I would say that Lewis probably has a deal for two years, um, and that he'll see what's going. He'll he'll take a look at the uh, twenty six car when it runs, and if it's a car that can win him a world championship, he'll stick around. If not, he'll just pack up and go away and spend all his huge amounts of money. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, also there's some change of foot because Lewis ditched his management the other day, and there's a, there's there's a sense of of. Um, you know, that I, I thought that was a little bit odd. Um, you know, there's a sort of feeling of instability and things changing, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's just me reading things into it. But, you know, Lewis Lewis has generally been considered to be a Mercedes man from the beginning, and him and Toto have been very close. But at the same time, they haven't won much in the last couple of years. And maybe Lewis wants to try and do something. Everybody Everybody who's a racing driver wants to win with Ferrari. The problem is that a lot of them go to Ferrari and don't. You know, and if you look at the disappointment that Fernando Alonso or Sebastian Vettel had when they went to Ferrari, and even before then, years before then, you had you had Prost and people like that. You know, it's not necessarily um, something that you want, but you do want to have been a Ferrari driver because that puts you on a level. Um, among fans, perhaps, that, that is a, a little bit higher than the others. I mean, I'm not quite sure I understand why. I can see why Ferrari want him and would spend a pile of money on him. And, uh, you know, because they are going into their... This this season will be their worst streak of losing in the history of the sport. That That is quite something. Now, if, if Fred Vasser is to fail again, you know, he's got... He might... He might, if they didn't win the championship this year, um, he might survive through into next year. But at the end of next year, he wouldn't survive. Having signed Lewis Hamilton, he's got more chance of survival now. So there's a little bit of that in there too. Of course, if it doesn't work out, then he's dead meat. But, you know, um, if it does work out, uh, he'll be smiling. Well, he'll be Fred Vasseur smiling, you know. Uh, A little bit of Winston (laughs) Churchill-like smile. (laughs) 
a Mona Lisa, uh, a Frederick Lisa. Well, no, he does smile, but he does look. He looks more and more like Winston Churchill as the years <laughs> go by. I don't. I don't know what that's all about. I'm, but, I'm um, not here to critique the aesthetic appeal of. Fred I'm Vassour. not critiquing this. I'm just saying, yeah. you know. <laughs> I actually, I, it, it's getting so good that I actually checked the two side by side the other day. <laughs> so a little bit <laughs> to of see, uh, to see how they compared, and it was quite um, it was quite startling. Anyway. A little bit of Missed Apex admin here. It's obviously, we, we arranged this with Joe to to talk about and, Andretti and the Lewis Hamilton stuff is unfolding. The Missed Apex crew is going to gather in their masses and uh, we're going to do a, you know, a, a deep dive into wild, wild speculation. Joe deals in facts, but we're going to wildly speculate and, and see what that means for the rest of the driver market uh, a little bit later this afternoon. But uh, the live chat... I can tell you a chat, bit of that too, if you like. <laughs> but the live chat here are saying to you, that they're a bit upset, a couple of people. Are, are we saying that About Lewis what? is motivated only by money? No, I don't think it's motivated by money. I think it's motivated by money and hope, you know, because I think Lewis is, um, Lewis wants to win his, his another title for sure. And if he thinks, if, if Fred has convinced him by showing him budgets, you know, it's the same thing that Nicky Lauda did with him at Mercedes. If he's done a, a job on, on Lewis, has convinced him that Ferrari will be a winner from 15. So it will be, it's probably unlikely to happen in 15, but 16 onwards. You can see why he's done it. Yeah. But, you know, the danger is he might get beaten by Leclerc. Well, there, I think there's a bigger danger, isn't there? So he's dismissing basically out of hand that Mercedes are going to have a good car over the next two years. What happens if they have a good car this year? He wins well, the championship. He's going to look very foolish. They win, he? he could but, win know, the championship this well, year you, and then leave. You, you say... I say that, but but yeah, you can win the championship and leave a team. It wouldn't be the first time, would it? Ask Damon Hill, Alain Prost, and a few others as well. Nigel Mansell, I think. If I remember, if I, I think Williams did three in a row where they dumped the world champion at the end of the uh, winning it's year. Just such a weird decision for me. So like, he's it feels like he was definitely the number one driver at Mercedes. Surely he's not going in there to, to Ferrari of all places as not the number one driver would be murder. So he has to be the number one driver. Well, I'm not sure there is a number one driver um, at Ferrari because, well, maybe there is. But if that's the case, Charles Leclerc will be off soon, won't he? So, you know, the, the fact is that um, everybody is lining up at the moment. The reason this is all happening is that 26 is new rules. And at the beginning of a new rules, you get a new pecking order. And that tells you who's going to win the championships for the next few years to come, because that's how tight it is. People underestimate how hard it is to be successful in Formula One. And I think the second story we're going to discuss is all about that as well. So, you know, um, it's really hard to be successful in Formula One. It's a lot closer than people think. And as you know, everyone says, well, everyone's rubbish apart from Red Bull. Well, everyone's rubbish apart from the fact that eight teams have scored podiums in the last three years. Five teams have won races and all 10 teams have had a car in fifth or above in the last three years. So it's pretty tight. It's such a marginal decision uh, between moving teams. It's just that it, it just feels like it was no, out of nowhere. Made, the margin may be made up by mm. a couple of couple of zeros, you know. It's a move down the grid, though. No, it's a, the way you'd look at it is that, I mean, if you look at last year's results, which is all you can do, you, you can say it's a sideways move. But... In his mind, when he moved to Mercedes, it looked like a downward move it as well. Is, yeah. But it wasn't. So we'll have to see. We can only judge him when it all happens. Um, I think I think that 
a lot of people romanticize Ferrari and don't realize what it's like going there. Um, and I think it's difficult to to attract good people. But if you've got Lewis Hamilton, that will help. And I know that um, Ferrari has been going around pulling out some of the best people they can find by offering them large amounts of money and perhaps even telling them that Lewis Hamilton's coming. Who knows? I doubt it because we would have heard about it probably. But, you know, there are people who would now consider going there, perhaps, um, who wouldn't before. But, you know, we've got to see a sense of, of um, the team really pulling together um, and working as one, as opposed to, we, we've seen an awful lot of sort of political discontent within Ferrari about who's the boss, you know, who is this guy Vigneault, how much power does he have? Fred Vassar doesn't have as much power as Minotto had, all this kind of stuff that's been going on, which is not what a team needs. A team needs to have a clear path, a clear leader, uh, and a clear strategy and method. So we'll see what happens. If you bring Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari and he's not the number one driver, I think that's absolute madness. So this clearly means... This thing about number one drivers is number one drivers are decided by the drivers themselves. If you try to decide a number one driver, you just create a stress within your team. It has to be the fastest guy. It just has to be. Well, I suppose if he's not faster than Leclerc, then uh, then we'll we'll find out. Uh, but what's what's the contract status of the Ferrari drivers then? Uh, they're both well. Uh, Leclerc is there until well. They they gave a very blurry announcement last week saying multi-year da-di-da-di-da um and i think perhaps it's just to get him to the i think there's a break uh in fact i'd be amazed if there wasn't a break at the end of 26 so he's probably in a two-year with a break at the end of 26 and two more years after that under option but every driver is going to want to break in 26 because that's when everyone will shift around to get into the best cars it's incredible so signs is no one's talking about signs. No, signs is off to off to Audi probably. But having said that, you know, with Lewis moving, everything will get shaken up. But having said that, would science be top of the list at Mercedes? I doubt it. I think there's. Oh, here we go. Here's some theory. McLaren came out with all their big bump, saying whatever it takes. This is going to be brilliant. We're better than everyone except Red Bull. They did all of that because they had a sniff that there was going to be a seat at Mercedes and they needed to lock down Lando Norris's contract. And I'm assuming Lando Norris is looking across now over at Brackley going, ooh, a matter of I don't of think weeks. Lando Norris would have, been not, would have been on that list either, How? to be honest. Really? Yeah. People will be surprised to hear you say that, Joe. No, I, I, I think if I, was, if I was Mercedes looking around, I'd be looking at Piastri more than I'd be looking at Lando. I don't mean that negatively about Lando, but Piastri in his first year has done an amazing job. Uh, you've got to bear in mind that Mercedes have also got this this mega kid coming up who won't be ready in time for next year uh, unless he wins the Formula 2 championship first time out, which is pretty unlikely. But you never know, he might. Um, and even then, it would still be too early, I think, for him to leap into Formula 1 because you can't do the testing you need and all this sort of stuff. So... Um, I think they'd be looking for somebody to come in there. You know, George has got to keep up, keep on his on his game as well, because you know, yeah, he's got a contract whenever that's up. But um, you know, there's other people who might come on the market who could be the kind of people Mercedes like, like Esteban Ocon, who used to be a Mercedes driver, or Alex Albon, who's jolly good and George's best mate. 
I don't, I, right, there's so much to think about and unpack there because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like, personally, if you say to me Albon to to Mercedes, then I don't, I think that they have then the weakest lineup out of out of the whole, uh, out of the top four or five teams. Yeah, but that's because you don't necessarily rate Albon. Yes. Or, or, or Russell in that very top, top echelon. If you've got, Russell will, will easily, will dispatch Albon with ease, uh, but I don't think Russell's going to be doing that to Alonso, Hamilton, Leclerc or Verstappen. Okay, well, that's your Ooh. opinion. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but I get to do that because you know. I yeah, well, I get to do what I do. You know, so. <laughs> yes, you deal with you deal with facts, Joe. So obviously, that <laughs> Hamilton story is is emerging. What we do seem to know as a as a fact at the moment from from all the best sources is that Lewis Hamilton will be a Ferrari driver from 2025. So so definitely no no hint of it from 2024, and we don't have any facts on who is then filling in the. Mercedes seat or which Ferrari driver will be vacating? Is that is that the state of play at the moment? No, we know exactly who's vacating. Carlos Sainz is vacating, for sure. Uh, I would think that Carlos Sainz will end up going to Sauber if I was a, a gambling person because that would put him in 25 ready to help them out to get ready to become Audi and then he's an Audi boy because Sainz and Audi go together like fish and chips. Just need a bit of curry sauce. All right then, Joe. Okay, so that's what we know for the moment, and we'll we'll see. We'll keep a watching eye on a ticker as as the, on the news ticker as news emerges, because we believe that the Mercedes team is being informed as we speak, and they're expecting something from Ferrari later in the afternoon. So we will we will regather with the with the troops. I think uh, Stuffy and uh, Chris Stevens are going to come on and join me, and you can catch me a bit later on as well with uh, Meg on the Ringer. So yesterday, Joe the FIA, sorry, FOM, Liberty Media, said no to Andretti's request uh, to have an entry into Formula One. People were outraged. I was fully expecting Liberty Media to say to say no and for them to not have a commercial deal. What I didn't know was that they were allowed to just out and out say, say no. I thought they were going to have to come up with more games. Um, but I'm actually surprised that so many other people were surprised because it, it, the, the, the strength of will of the teams plus Liberty Media to not have Andretti in, to me, seemed very obvious. But it still it hit Americans hard yesterday. Hang on, hang on, hang on, stop. You've made one massive mistake there. Unlikely. And that is, yeah, <laughs> you're saying that the other teams are involved in this process. Yes, I fully believe that. Yeah, but it's not true. No, no, okay, so not, not in the actual decision. They're, they're allowed to have an opinion, just as you're mm. allowed to have an opinion, and I'm allowed to have an opinion. Oh, I need but to clarify that then, Joe. Hang on, Joe, in I terms need to clarify of making that. the decision... No. That would be anti-competitive, wouldn't it? Yes. And they can't yeah. do that. But you're mischaracterising what I'm that. saying. So I'm not no, I'm saying not. that no, there was... No, what I'm saying is that they have no input of... They can have an opinion, but the official decision is made... Official. ...very clearly. Yeah. No, but, but everyone's allowed an opinion. I'm allowed an opinion. You're allowed an opinion. Okay. But everyone, everyone can go to Stefano and say, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But the fact is, they don't get a voice. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I, I just, I don't buy it. I think they, they work together. Well, you don't have to buy it. Yeah. Go to court and prove it. Okay. You've just libeled them. I haven't libeled <laughs> them. I think they work, they've got a collaborative business arrangement. Well, in that case, let me clarify. If we're saying libel, I need to be able to say what I'm saying clearly. So what I'm saying is they have their interests together. They work as commercial partners. And the FIA, FOM, will absolutely know the team's opinions. And those team's opinions will have weight in the decisions they make. Everybody's opinions has weight in what has been decided. Not just not just the teams. There's the circuits, the sponsors, the TV companies. There's all kinds of of other people. They call them the stakeholders. However, 
none of the stakeholders have any right of decision, right to make that decision. That is a decision that is made by Formula One and Liberty Media. And that decision, made incidentally by an American company, which everyone seems to forget, is not to include Andretti, which is fair enough. They they put out a very uh, detailed, well-argued, well-reasoned and legally very um, correct statement saying why. And I don't think there's any case for competition authorities in either side. I mean, there's always going to be some lawyer in, in the US who will make it up and sort of say, I can do this for you. But I don't think there is a case to be heard there. Okay, so that's that's the we can skip ahead to what is potentially the next step. So Liberty Media have said no. FOM mm-hmm. have said no. So on the face of it, that would be the end of it. And you said the magic words anti-competition. So would the EU is probably the the most likely body that people would um, would be looking to if they were making a challenge that that would constitute being on Com- competition law is a very complicated business but there's one element to it which runs through the whole thing and that is it must disadvantageously affect the general public now this doesn't disadvantageously affect the general public because they're not actually invested in anything to do with that they might like to see a couple more cars running around the back but you know it, it doesn't disadvantage them in any competitive way, and that is a key element of competition law. Now, I understand that there's a 100 barrack room lawyers out there, and you can say I'm one as well. But the fact is that, you know, you don't think that F1 has looked at this and gone, you know, what can we do, what can we not do? They are experts in competition law. They've already been through the ringer in the past. And bear in mind that the person who is head of the legal department at FOM has been there for 143 years and she did it the last time they went through all this stuff with the EU so she knows how it works and I thought the uh, the, the statement they made was very sensible logical and legally sound now that doesn't make me uh, as I've been accused of lots of things today by wildly irate Americans who, who don't understand that modern F1 fans have never heard of it and Senna um, but you know I'm afraid that if they haven't managed to convince Formula One, an American company, that Andretti's a good idea, whose fault is that? The perception is that it wasn't a fair, you know, in good faith, that there was never really a chance. The answer was always no, and they've come up with reasons well, to back that up. perhaps it's because Andretti, uh, you know, if you if you go to a party and you want to go to a party and and you knock on the door and they say, so you kick the door down. Are you going to be welcome at that party? No, you're not. Andretti did it all wrong from beginning to end. They did at some point actually stop stop berating everybody in the press, uh, which was their first mistake, was just to make a lot of noise too early. And after that, they shut up a bit. They listened to a few more wise heads and they, they did it another way. But that wasn't enough. Now, the... The argument um, about driving out GM and all the rest of it, GM's perfectly capable of coming in. Actually, coming in with with Andretti was never a good idea because uh, an engine manufacturer with a new engine would want to come in with an established team so at least you have something solid. You can't have two things that are new because you don't know what's wrong if it doesn't work. 
you need to have a steady pair of hands to help you out. I will. Ch- I'm going to challenge a lot of what you've said, and I hope you'll take that in the in the spirit of you curiosity. You can challenge it as much as you like. You ain't going to change my view on it. Pretend journalism. <laughs> well, it so, might. You never so know if it's, if it's sensible. Okay. Well, it's me. You know me long. It's yeah, not going to be exactly. sensible. Don't set criteria I can't meet. You're not Liberty Media assessing a team entry. So oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so there's um, okay. There's a couple of things. So firstly, a lot of people thought that the FIA entry meant that they have a place on the spot. A, a place on the grid. Um, so, no. No. See, that was very, very misunderstood then because a lot of people thought the entry basically means they can go and that the FI, FOM could only reject them on safety grounds. Now, the statement they released no. had oh, not, nothing really about safety. It was all various It's got nothing reasons. to do with safety. FOM has nothing to do with safety. No, the no. FIA deals with safety. Yeah. The, the amount of rubbish I read on the social media about people confusing FOM and the FIA and, and, and what they all do. People don't have a clue. Now, there is there is a problem with that. One is that the whole process is secretive. It is not transparent because it's all part of the Concord Agreement and that's not public information. It should be. It should be. And then we wouldn't have this. But having said that, your average fan isn't going to wade through a great long article explaining how decisions are made. They'll just pick up what they think they know. I mean, it's extraordinary some of the things I've had to sort of bat away in the last 24 hours. People's belief that this is, you know, this is caused by the FIA because of this and because of that. The fact is the FIA was told, we really don't need to have any more teams. And then they went ahead and did it. They dug a hole and they walked straight into it. I've already mentioned that. Um, that, that was Mohammed bin Sulayem trying to, I don't know what he was trying to do. Maybe he was trying to show his muscles, but in the end, he dug a hole and he walked into it. And so they've got this mess on their hands. Now they've got to find out a way of fixing it. And there is no way of fixing it because if the FOM people do not think that Andretti will be good for the championship under the terms of the Concord Agreement that we don't know about, they have a right to say no. This much I can tell you. Now, do they have a right to say no again next year? Because the Concord Agreement, at the end of next year, there's a new Concord Agreement coming in for 26. What will the terms of that be? They are being negotiated at the moment. One of the reasons Andretti wanted to come in this early was to sign the Concord Agreement before it ended, which would mean a number of different things, including the amount of money they'd have to pay uh, to, to, to level the amount of money they were taking out. Um, because it's going to increase or not, as the case may be. I mean, I think the most sensible thing, to be quite honest, would be for everybody to get together and say, we actually don't need more than 10 teams because we can't, there's, there's lots of places you can't fit 10 teams in. I know that sounds silly, but it, go it look does. at Zandvoort or Monaco. In the old, well, which is better? Would you prefer to go to Monaco and have a whole bunch of people, people who have one, te- one session, time session, and then get, go home at the end of it? That's what used to happen. That was limited to 20 cars because there was no room. And, you know, so this is something you've got to bear in mind. Joe, mate, Joe, we just had 26 cars on the grid. We, we, like, it, we just had it. We just had 26. No, not teams. in Monaco. You never did. So what happened at Monaco when there was Caterham and... They were, there were fewer cars. When there was Caterham and Marussia, when there was a 24-car grid. There was a Monaco uh, Grand Prix then. That was like 20 teens. 
I think this is this is why people. Uh, I could pick through this statement, and I'm going to about the individual points. The the garages argument just doesn't hold water because we ten years ago there was there was twelve yeah, teams. But the teams were, were had ten people twelve years ago. They're completely different entities <laughs> okay. nowadays. You can't. Mm. No, no, but it's true. They've grown enormously. There's, 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 there's a huge number of people now, and it's a different game. You've also got the FIA garages, which don't consist of three men and a dog. You've got the FOM garages with safety cars, all this stuff. You can't do it. I mean, if you go and look, look at these places and see when they're packed out, they're already packed out. Monaco's already tried to do what they can by putting a second story on everything, and you still haven't got enough space for it all. And Zandvoort, there's nowhere to put it. Just as examples, you know, there are other places where they'd have to, and this is in the statement you would have read yesterday, um, or not, as the case may be, but it it says that, you know, some of the stakeholders, it would be very expensive because they would have to make changes to the things. And so they're not in favour of it either, because at the end of the day, what do you get? What do you get with two cars that are most likely going to be at the back for the first five years? What do you get? What, What additional value do you get? Okay, but okay. The counter argument, I guess, that people will say is, what what value have we got from Haas? Haas were allowed to join. Yeah, but Haas were allowed to join in on in discussions ten years ago. The world mm. has changed. The world changes in ten years. Now, Formula One teams have a value they never did before. At the time, you were worried about people going bust because they did go bust. But but in in recent times, there is nobody who has gone bust, and then nobody going to go bust. Williams was the last one. The last people who came in and saved Williams, who and Aston Martin, Racing Point, Force India, whatever you want to call it, that was saved by people who got things for cheap. You know, So they were the ones who got in. The bus left after that. Andretti could have bought Sauber, didn't. Yeah, wait, got- wait, stop. I need to stop there. So one of my arguments, because I've been trying to look at this from all sides, is... Why now? Why are Andretti coming in now? Is it anything to do with the billion dollars you can make from a $200 entry? No, no, this is what a lot of people in Formula One think. And they won't say it out loud because, you know, it's it's not polite. But a lot of people think that the money men, first of all, Michael Andretti is, is, I think he's 62 years old now. You know, is he really a driven man to the extent to which, you know, he wants to be winning races by the time he's 70? Um, probably not. But there are some money men behind it who've got seemingly endless amounts of money to buy whatever they want. And I, there's a lot of people in Formula One who think that here are some businessmen who, who saw Michael as being a good figurehead, who saw uh, the potential of turning an investment of about 500 million into an investment of a billion literally overnight with no risk, because Formula One teams are profitable. And now, that's, they're that's not, some of them are not profitable because they're spending the money in investment. But if you look at Mercedes uh, returns, for example, in 2022, they made £59 million profit. £59 million. Uh, Alpine made a profit of about 25 I think it is. I mean, I went through it all. I've forgotten them all at the top of my head. But, you know, there, there is a lot of profit in Formula 1, which is why the value is going up. You could set all that up today and sell it next season and and double your money well you could if you can find i mean there, there's no if shortage of buyers yeah. out there people mm. say well they just buy Haas. Haas doesn't want to sell Haas has turned down a billion mm. believe mm. me he has turned down a bit or he's turned down a valuation of the team at a billion for certain um you know there are other people who don't want to sell and why would you sell right now because i think and a lot of people think that a billion one and a half billion 
is still undervaluing what the teams are going to be worth in a few years from now. So that's why you can't buy one, because ultimately, if you look at the valuations of sports teams in the NFL and things like that, Formula One is still a baby in terms of value, but not in terms of potential. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is my audition for Newsnight Joe. Minister, can I direct you to your words from 2000? And, no. So I'm going to push you on the statement because I, I think mm-hmm. there, what you're making say, say, saying from a money point of view, it makes sense. The, the teams that are in now rose this, this journey. So the teams weren't worth that when they entered. Now, all together, in my, my opinion, you know, together they've grown it together as commercial partners and it's worth a fortune. So basically what you're doing to a new entrant is saying, okay, see what we've built up. We're just going to give you some of that. Yeah, so buying into a franchise makes sense under this model. Allowing a new team from a money point of view makes no sense whatsoever. But but this is why I truly believe that the answer came, the the, the conclusion came first and the reasoning came second. I don't buy anything that came out in that statement. I think it was garbage from top to bottom. And the biggest one was using poor old Renault as as a defence. So basically, oh, if if Andretti come in with the intention, Sorry, poor, poor old Renault. What? Which, which well, oh, well, I've read the statement, Joe. So let me let me. Yes, so have I, you. but I don't yeah. remember reading about Renault in there. What did it say? It, it, um, it inferred Renault. Put it this way, but it said if if they come in with an intention to run GM, but initially yep. have to force one of the existing power unit suppliers to supply them. Okay, that's then, that, yeah, yeah, that's different. Then, well, that is, that the, is actually a, a perfectly fair point. Then the IP the is point a risk. about engines. Yeah. No, no, but the point about engines is we all know that if you have engines that are run by or supplied by one company, the chances are that they will be seen by another company that may be coming in later. It happens all the time. No matter how hard you try to pretend it's not happening, uh, people see things. So if uh, nobody would want to be an engine supplier with Andretti, which is why they haven't got one. The only way they could get one is to force somebody to do it. And forcing somebody to do it, for 25, 26, 27, that's three years of forcing somebody who doesn't want to do it, to do it, knowingly, knowing that a lot of that IP might just disappear off and there's nothing you can do about it. I can't see why that is a bad argument because, you know, all they'll get is the absolute minimum 
but they don't get anything until they get an entry. If they don't have an entry, they can't have an engine. Now, originally, they had a deal. They had some kind of a deal worked out with Renault, and they let that lapse. Now, if you can explain to me why they let that lapse, I don't know. I, can you explain to me why Andretti didn't turn up at the meeting that they were asked to go to by Formula One? I don't understand that either. So these are things that um, you know, we have to take into account. You can't just side with one side or the other. Both sides have got pluses and minuses. But the logic that was argued in that Formula One statement, I think, is entirely sound. Now, the fact that people don't say it out loud is because nobody wants to upset anyone's feelings. You know, Zach Brown may believe all of that stuff that is in the statement, but he's not going to say it out loud because Michael Andretti's his mate, you know. So, and this is what Formula One is like. You can't take everything at face value. So if I'm the only bloke saying this is a sensible, logical statement, it's not because I'm an idiot. It's because I talk to enough people to know that they're not necessarily always telling the truth. They speak with forked tongues. Well, I agree with you that there's a, a lot of untruths. I'm obviously, I'm speaking from the, the fan community and mm -hmm. very rarely do fans on the street get an opportunity to have an established, accredited F1 journalist who's really in the know in front of them to grill them. So mm -hmm. I'm representing I'll a lot of that. Grill angle. away and yeah. I will fight back. Yeah, well, if you were put off by me fighting you, you wouldn't have still be here after six years. But I, true, I'm representing true. a lot of the anger that online. Long it's been ages. It's been ages, yeah. Joe. So uh, yeah, yeah, those little tiny things you first met that we spawned. Yeah, they're all. They've got deep voices and everything, and they're off. They're off on their own on their adventures. So it's been that long. There is so much anger out there, especially from the Americans, and I know we've gone through a lot of. Well, well hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. If you if you look at all this anger especially from the Americans, you're looking at a bunch of people who go on Twitter, okay? Now, the vast majority of people don't get angry. They don't, they don't care enough to get angry. And an awful lot of the fans getting angry are of a certain age, and they think that Formula One's gone to shit. The whole thing is terrible uh, because there's been change, and it's not like it used to be. There's an awful lot of people like that. And to be, to be un, unkind, perhaps... But that is the Andretti support club, because the younger people don't know who Andretti is. It, it was always with this. There, there's there's going to be a vocal minority who threatened to to never watch yeah, F1 yeah. again. And, and yeah. my, my view on that is, if you if you don't like Formula One, don't watch it. You know, and the fact is that people are still watching it, and they're watching it in bigger numbers. And no matter what the old grumpy old men of Formula One say, it's still going up now. Maybe it'll go down. Maybe, maybe you know, I'm just not a grumpy old man like, like the others. I, I just think it. we are, the, the sport is better than I, and I've been in it for 36 years or whatever it is, and I think it's better than it's ever been in every respect. Karen just thinks that you're patronising Americans. I want to be clear on your behalf, Joe, that you're patronising everyone. I'm not patronising anybody. I'm just saying that, look, some people, oh, right, it, 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 <laughs> All I can do is okay. speak logic. I speak logic. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am not anti-American. I am. I understand Americans. You know. I. I have uh, spent don't, a lot of my you, life. Uh, please don't say you've got an American friend. Please do. No, I don't have well, an American your... friend. <laughs> I have an American ex-wife. Oh. oh. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Um, so I understand America because I spent a lot of my time there, and, and I understand the mentality. I understand lots of things about it, and. I think that we have to be sensible about this. And 
this is why logic comes into it. And this is what I'm arguing. And this is what that FOM statement argued. It's logic. It's not emotion. It's not, but it's not fair. They're Andretti. Yeah, but Andretti. Where's the Andretti brand? What's the value in the Andretti brand? I have a logical thing, since you like logic. The FIA criteria was laid out, plain and simple. And Andretti jumped through the hoops and satisfied those criteria. Other teams didn't. Where, uh, where, well, where, do you think high-tech didn't? Well, then why were they rejected? That's a very good question. And there's probably a lawsuit going on, at least threats of one, at the moment as a result of that. Okay. I think, you know, I just think the whole thing was started out as a foolish idea and it has just snowballed as a result of a foolish idea. And this is, you know... The best way for Formula One to go forward is not to pick up a weakling and try to make them oh, stronger over the next fight. show, that's going to upset people. If you're... But it's true. Has, has Andretti ever built a race car that they didn't buy off the shelf? No. No. So how do you think they're going to build two brand new cars, which are going to be competitive in Formula One, in their first two years without any infrastructure to start with? It's mad. Don't okay. all F1 it's teams start in realistic. that position? It's not realistic, and that's what F1 is saying. Okay. It's not realistic. F1 is hard. BAR, Toyota, had they built F1 cars before they came 150 in? years ago, yes. <laughs> the world has changed. It's a much that more complicated... That was, we're talking, mm. Toyota is 20 years ago. Oh, my God, don't say that out loud. But that is, oh, that is the okay. truth. I hear all this rubbish about stuff that happened 10 years ago, justifying this and saying, well, it's not fair because Haas got in. Yes, they did, but the world was different. The world has changed. What, well, what, what is to say that Andretti haven't got a plan to hire the staff that, that will be able to do it? Thank you, live chat. Well, there's nothing to say that they can't do it, but they've got to get an entry first. They've got to convince people to let them in before they can do that, and they haven't done that. Why were they so far down then with their Formula One plans? They've got models, F1 stuff. Have they been told that they, there was a realistic chance of them joining? And was the criteria from FOM laid out beforehand? Was there a set set of hoops they had to jump through that they then didn't? Well, the FIA had a clear set of hoops, which they thought yeah, they jumped FIA, through. FOM, though. Yeah, so maybe the FIA told them they got a good chance of getting in. Ah. I don't know what the FIA told them. All I know is that whatever the FIA told them, it wasn't perhaps, I mean, Michael Andretti came and he visited the paddocks of Formula One and, and was basically told by everybody um, where the situation stood. And if you don't want to listen to that, or if you want to do it your way, if you want to kick down the doors and you want to shout about it and make a fuss, fair enough. But that doesn't mean it's going to be successful. And you've got to bear in mind the fact that people think they're behind all this is a cynical motivation that is not to do with racing. So money. So cynical motivation of people <laughs> using people using think. Andretti's name to basically buy an entry and make money. That's what people think, yeah. People, not you. That's you're just expressing other people's uh, I, I'm I am not expressing an opinion on this because I'm trying to deal in fact. And the fact is that I can see that argument. I can see that there might be some potential in that. Um, I can see the the alternative arguments as well. So um, the answer is we don't know, but you can understand why people feel that way on both sides. But I just I I I I think that they are unrealistic in their expectations of what they can do. I and I particularly basing it all in the US and this kind of stuff. It's just not realistic. And if you don't understand why it's not realistic 
you don't understand Formula One. And that's really where I think the problem comes because a lot of the fans think it's easier than it is. I love how animated you are on this. This is great. We found we found it. We found the things that get Joe's hot buttons popping. If I may, well, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make sure that people understand what it's all about mm-hmm. because it doesn't make any sense, does it? You have Liberty Media, a New York Stock Exchange listed company, turning down an American team with an American car manufacturer behind them. Where's the logic in that? I've got the fact is they don't think it'll work. I've got a few comments here if you'll allow me for from the live chat. It's, yeah, so, it's ahead, I, I'm ahead. so surprised that what an emotive topic this is. So there's a, a much older and less attractive podcaster uh, making a comment that Audi has already admitted that they're going to suck in 2026 and they're quote unquote a a new entry. So it is, this is why I'm saying it's it's about the. Yeah, but they're not a new entry. They're buying a team that's existing. Oh. They've got a they, they've got a team with one of the best wind tunnels with a huge staff. Not all of them are the best in the world, but they've got all the stuff there. They're not building it from scratch. Sure, and this is a team that Andretti could have bought. Yes, but that would have been much more expensive than the 200 million entry. Oh, uh, we don't know. What we do know is that the the, the conversations they they nearly signed. Michael Andretti had a contract to sign. Why he didn't sign it, I don't know. Christopher Fonseca says, aren't we in a loop here? They can't get in because they can't build a, because building a car is hard, so they can't hire people to build a car, but then they'll need to get in people in before they can build a car, and you're kind of in a loop. But I think, I think that's the point. But that's, it is that's actually the whole point of it. Hmm. The point is that the existing 10 teams are now so far ahead of where you can be that anybody starting out, it makes no sense in any way, shape, or form to try and start and build one from nothing to catch up with the others. The only thing that makes sense is to buy one of the 10. Now, that's not because people want to make a profit, because that's the sensible way of doing it. Now, the problem is that since Andretti started, the the growth rate of value of Formula One teams has gone through the roof. And so, you know, everybody thinks, well, it's because they're all greedy, they won't sell it to Michael. But the fact is that, you know, if he'd come along with the amount of money that he wants to spend, perhaps he would have got in already if he'd spent it 18 months ago. Okay. I don't know the answer to that because I don't know the numbers. But what I do know is that I think the whole thing has just been um, a bad, bad strategic thinking, I think. Now, I know there are people who think otherwise. Fair enough. But, you know, I'm I'm just trying to make sense of the whole thing for everybody to understand. Because, you know, on the surface, this this whole sort of anti-American thing... Um, that it's been taken as anti-American. It has been. Yeah, but it's not. How can it be anti-American if it's run by... if the sport is run by an American company? By the state- and, and where the target, the target, incidentally, for growth is America. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people are saying. It's a massive shot in the foot to... to yeah, but to... they're not stupid people at FOM. This is where, which I find utterly amazing. All the fans seem to think that these people are all stupid. They're not stupid. They've thought this all through, and they've been to lawyers to make sure they've thought it all through properly. These are very intelligent people who've built a very, very successful company. They're not just a bunch of, of hicks with six guns who, who are just going in there and blasting um, people out the way because it doesn't suit them. It, it's just mad. This is a professional, very successful sporting international organisation that has thought everything through. But the way they've 
phrase, that statement means that, and this makes me very sad, it's 10 teams forever. No, no other but entry can it, now get look, in. Look, look, in some sporting uh, leagues, there are limited numbers of people. There are leagues that are closed leagues, and there are leagues that are open leagues. You know, you can have relegation and promotion and all this sort of stuff, or you can just have a franchise and you buy a franchise if you want to. To a large extent, the NFL is about um, you buy a franchise if you want to. There are very few. I think there's a possibility, not entirely sure because I don't follow it that closely, but I think there's a possibility of new franchises if somebody goes bust. But but nobody's going bust. That's the whole point. They don't go bust because they are they are pulling in so much money that the, the ones at the back are just cruising along, cruising and collecting. And that's not what you want in a sport, you know. But if you look at Formula One, if it's closed, that doesn't mean that the best people coming up can't get in. Where did where did Christian Horner come from? Where did yes, where did Eric Boulier come from? Where did Tony Yoke come from? What they do is where where does Fred Vasseur come from? They all come from having learned how to do it, and then they get hired by the big teams. They can't take their own team through into Formula One because it's it's basically they all recognise that it's impossible. So some go and play at Indy cars or whatever. You know, the fact is that it's just so far ahead in terms, in every respect, in technology, money, all all these different elements. It's just hard to, to, to compete. Joe, I am left with a bit of taste in my mouth. I am glad to get your, your, your opinion. And on the face of logic, you're in a much better position uh, than, than me to, to know facts and having spoken to people. I, I will just say, I think the, the overwhelming view from the outside and this might be a branding issue and a perception issue for F1, is these, these three basic tenets coming out of it, which is A, the interests of the teams and the FOM are aligned and they, and they act together. Two, that statement was the answer first, the conclusion first to an answer they already knew. And three, that this decision is purely motivated by the finances of it and the maths, and it was nothing to do with the sporting aspect of it. F1 has to deal with the fact that that is how the world out there has No, has no, the world out there news. is what you read. The world out there is what you think, which is some grumpy people on Twitter. It's not what the whole world thinks. You've got to bear in mind that just because social media says something, it doesn't mean that everyone thinks that. I, I mean, we've got fan forums here, the mistake pets. No, 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 that's fan forums. I'm, I'm saying oh, okay, so there's a whole bunch of people out there who aren't on social media who don't think this way. Okay, I don't... You can't just <sighs> assume that the whole world thinks that way because social media says that. Ev social every, media's got a whole bunch of flakes on it. Everyone's on social Goodness media, me. Joe. Joe, everyone's no, on social they're media. Not. Yeah, yes, they're not. Everybody's not on social media. Everyone has some form of social media and they're on there, apart from hipsters who don't even own a TV is what they say but the, the group the group of people that i have in our patron uh, slack group th these are not flaky people these are not dumb people these are intelligent people and this is the perception that they have got from f1 so whether f1 likes it or not whether it's true or not the things i listed is how the world has reacted to their news of rejecting andretti and the statement they put out well if you actually stop and think about it it doesn't make sense that's what you have to bear in mind. A lot of people are getting emotive about it and not thinking about it in terms of the logic behind it all. The logic behind it all is sound. And I think you've made your case. I, I, I hope so, because yeah, yeah. I, I think it's unfair. A lot of the stuff that's been flying around um, about the greed, certainly with the teams, the teams do not have a voice in this. 
And this, it is, they have an opinion, just as you have an opinion, I have an opinion. But the idea, the idea that it's all about greed, the whole thing's about making more money and making making the whole thing. The whole thing is about, but it's also about making a better sport. And they are. That's the thing. The sport is so much better than it was in the old days. And if you go to the races and you see how close it is, you see that. And you see that balancing, you know, having a budget cap, you see that. Giving them value, you see that. It's all logic. Where and it's I, business yeah. logic. It's good business. Yeah. Where I really have agreed with you here, though, is because my instinct yesterday was everyone was sort of white knighting a little bit, like poor old Andretti versus the the greed of liberty. And whilst I agree that liberty are acting in their financial interests, hearing They're you acting say... acting in everybody's financial interests. Yeah, well, yeah, everybody, everybody in their little club, yeah? But Andretti no, was doing the same. Club, the whole sport, the fans as well. This, you know, pfft. having a better no, no, having a better global show with a higher profile with this and that. Okay, you know, people complain about it costing more money because more people yeah. want to go. Where's my financial interests? I can't afford to go to Silverstone. Well, if you can't, can you afford to go to any big event worldwide? Have you looked at the prices for the Super Bowl? Have you looked at the concert prices? I need all my money for It's just for the way it is. Taylor you know, Swift people money. spend a lot of money to go to events. Some of them don't necessarily even want to be there. And corporates and all that. It's just the way of the, way of the world. Now, whether or not, you know, all the people who say it's not racing like it used to be and it's too expensive, it's this, it's that, that there's a whole world out there of of motor racing that is affordable and is exciting to watch so if you don't like formula one vote with your feet fair no. enough no no, I'm, no I'm 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 all for that because ultimately i think that that is is not a key issue because i don't think that's going to happen i think that people love it because it's the best they are the best and if you go watch thunder sports or whatever i can't even think of the names of these things but you know whatever you go and watch something yeah. else. It's not the same, is it? The thing that people don't like you saying out loud is that F1 is better than literally every other motorsport on earth. And that's that's why it's the most popular one. It's, it is so good. It's so brilliant. Even on a, its worst day, it's probably still the mo- best motorsport on the planet. Fight, right, fight me. what I say. Or what you, me. I mean, look, look, some of the championships are, are very good. Yeah. If you look at IndyCar, it, it's good. But the same people... Uh, they all have the same cars and the same teams keep winning it. Okay. So if you look at the numbers, um, you have Penske and Ganassi, and then you have a big gap down to the rest. And if you look at the percentages, it, it's massive. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not the same level. Okay. It might produce a good show, but is that what you want? In NASCAR, they have, you know, forever fiddling with things with debris yellows and their knockout chomp competition to decide who the champion is is just laughable i think but you know they think they're the best in the world so you know what do you do um the fact is that all you can do is go ahead and see if people vote with their feet or not i just don't think they will i think that people want formula one because formula one is the top and i think people are, are beginning around the world that has become more understood than it used to be because it used to be a very eurocentric sport under under bernie who didn't want to build it too big because he was happy making enough money you know he probably he's smart enough to know that he could have made it bigger but he didn't joe i like these i like these arguments i think we should argue about more things next up uh, i think spanish wine is just as good as french wine that's the the topic for oh my god i just oh, saw your eyes twitch god 
it really isn't. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be telling me next that French white is as good as New Zealand, the, won't you? The difference from, from border, just cross the border and then go to a supermarket. And it, there, there is a shocking difference. It's crazy. Uh, but, Joe, thank you so much for your time. We're building up to the, the start of the season. People can, of course, get your race post-race magazines six hours or so after the Grand Prix by subscribing to Grand Prix Plus magazine. Pay once and get it all throughout the year in PDF form. And uh, where's the best place to find all your links, Joe? Uh, We used to search Joe Blogs F1. Flatoutpublishing.com Flatoutpublishing.com Isn't that Mika Hakkinen's phrase? Flat out. It's not. It's mine. I think he briefly had a flat-out podcast for three episodes. Well, he might have had a Mm flat-out podcast, but it's mine. (laughs) It's yours. Okay, Joe Sayward. It's all mine. The most experienced F1 journalist in all of F1 history, up against a dude in a shed. uh, Goliath and David's story, where, uh, where, uh, let's call it a draw. Joe Sayward, have a fantastic afternoon. (laughs) Call it a draw. Call it it a draw. (laughs) I'm not calling it a draw, so there you are. Until next time, guys. I'm going to go and see what's happening with Lewis Hamilton. Work hard, be kind, have fun. Don't be afraid to take the red pill. See you later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.